Warning, this podcast contains discussions of an adult nature and sometimes a graphic nature. It's not suitable for children, strong language, and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, hello and welcome to The Witch's Grim. Stories and education with a witchy twist. If it's weird, we want to talk about it. So, pull up a broom, holster that wand, and get comfy, because we're about to get started. Today, we are just going to shoot the shit, basically. Um, I think that's what we decided on. (laughs) Yeah, we have a topic, but yeah, that's the format. (laughs) What's the topic, Lola? (laughs) Basically, we're debunking stuff we've heard on the internet and talking about things that we see on the internet that we do not do in our practice. And this is not to say that anybody's doing anything wrong. It's just uh, some of it, we're just going to tell you whether or not we believe it. And then we're going to talk about some of the things we see that we think maybe people are doing because it's their own thing. And it's not necessarily something that's been done for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, To just kind of throw out there, uh, Lola and I just discovered that we're like relatives. We're cousins. So this is this is the weird part about our relationship. So I stayed up because obviously I'm in Germany. So I stayed up till 2 a.m. loading a family tree from Ancestry.com and comparing it and bringing all of the names over to a different website to then go to a third website to find out what famous people that I am related to. I found out that apparently I'm related. One of my great, 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 great freaking 14 greats grandfather was actually a chief of a tribe uh, in in New York. But um, then we had this feature and we were like, you can compare your your family trees and see if you might be related. And by fucking God, we are related. We are cousins. 12th cousins, I think you said? Yeah, a lot. Like I'm looking at it right now where, so 10th, and I did find out that you're from uh, Clan McCulloch. Oh, you found out my clan. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw on the internet right now, specifically TikTok, everybody's showing their clans and their tartans. And that's how this whole process started because I was jealous because I was like, I don't know what my clan is. My DNA says I'm like 20% Scottish and I don't know what clan I belong to. Um, so that's how the whole thing started. And then it turned into, guess what? We're related. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already knew. Yeah, we had a feeling, but now it's yeah. confirmed. Yes. <laughs> So McCullen, you said? M- not like C- not like Edward C- Cullen. No, the Colic. M C C U L L O C H. C H. Alexander. Cool. Yes. Cool. Yay! Now I can look. Is that your same clan or what's your clan? I am Clan Stewart from the House of Stewart. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yes, I am related to the POS king that started the witch trials there in the 1500s. In Scotland? Yeah. Oh. And uh, I believe the other one is James, King James of Ireland and Scotland. Uh, He's like my 14th great grandfather. (laughs) Isn't King James the reason we have the King James Bible? Yes. So you're related to the dude who made the new Bible? Yeah. 
<laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and turned pedophile into homosexual. And that's why we have all these issues with Christianity and the LGBT community because of the translation error. Yep. Good yeah, job, it buddy. It doesn't say that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, King James. Way to go. You had one job. <laughs> and you sucked at it. <laughs> and you sucked at it. Aren't you supposed to be like a king and so educated and stuff? No, I'm sure somebody nah. did it for him. <laughs> I'm sure somebody did it for him. Yes. <laughs> I heard that in early versions of the Bible, there are, there's mention of unicorns. Yeah, I saw that too. I think I saw it on TikTok. But I yeah. want to get a hold of one of those Bibles and read about unicorns. Let's find one. We'll find one. That would be fascinating. So we wanted to make this episode because we see a lot of information that's put out on the internet. And obviously, especially people like me, uh, when I first started my craft, I went to the internet. But we're talking about like... AOL dial-up internet. The websites were ridiculous with their moving graphics. It was like an old-timey video game look from like when you went to the arcades type thing, like not even that good of graphics. And so I got some of my information from there, but these were these websites put put together by people who then were putting out books, you know, Wiccan books and stuff. So um, I think Silver Ravenwolf even had her own website that was like horribly graphic. It was like MySpace uh, graphics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, basically the precursor to MySpace. Absolutely. And, uh, and, but I also had to do books and I'm not a huge, like, I can't read a, a book all the way through and I have to, I have to go and do pieces of the book throughout my craft over a number of years, I may return to parts of a book. I may have a particular thing that I'm curious about. I'll go to multiple books for and find the answer in multiple books, but it doesn't mean that I'm gonna read the whole book to get the answer. So I know that people turn to the internet for that same reason. It's short form information. It's easier to digest. Um, you can listen to it while you're doing other things. So it's a little different than having to sit down and dedicate time to actually reading words on a page. And there's a lot of information out there that may be particular to somebody's craft, but hasn't been done a very long time, or it's just bullshit somebody's pulling out of their ass. And right. there are creators on there that don't even believe what they're saying. There's been receipts showing that they don't even believe what they're saying, that are saying things on the internet and brand new practitioners because of their large following are believing what they have to say, and then they're incorporating potential misinformation into their practice. Yeah, and because these creators are so large on there, they just automatically believe them and they don't wanna to listen to anybody else that potentially does have the correct knowledge for them and to share with them. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about things, and this obviously is the type of format where you guys can you know, do your own thing, you can listen on the go, so you can hear some of the things that we're gonna talk about. This is gonna be a little little bit of education. Obviously we'll joke around, we'll have some fun with it. But uh, the first one I think we should talk about is the whole bad moon, good moon idea and whether or not you should do spell work at a particular moon phase or not do spell work at a particular moon phase. Yeah, and the fact that um, just because everyone talks about 
uh, the, the, the different phases of the moon and what they represent doesn't mean that that's how it is for everyone. Like <clears throat> for the full moon, and I've said this before, I've never actually shared it with anybody um, on there, but I don't, I don't follow the same as other people. I do work with moon phases, but the full moon for me is not a time for re like releasing and letting go. It, like the thing or the things that I do are way different <laughs> than what I hear from everyone else. So I read not too long ago that traditional witches actually believed that the new moon was the time of release yes, because it was essentially yep. creating a clean slate. And that makes complete sense to me. Yep. Totally makes complete sense. I also understand why that might be the clean slate. So this is the time to call things in because you've cleared the energy, you've released everything, and now you're going to call those things in. Yes. That also makes sense to me. Yep. Full moon is for bringing things in, at least for us supposedly you ovulate they've done they've done studies where women more often than not i mean it's there's nothing wrong with you you don't ovulate around the full moon but they say that you ovulate around the full moon but there are some of us like me who ovulate closer to the new moon so it's just it's just whatever works in your practice but what i i i don't like hearing is oh that moon's bad that moon's gonna kill you that right. moon's if you do any spell work during that moon oh my god your spells are gonna backfire and beware beware like, <laughs> beware you're good you're gonna shit yourself and you're like no that's not how it works uh no, no uh, my diet's good i i'm okay um so i think that sometimes what happens is that you have people who follow astrology and they're gonna tell you through astrology and you hear astrologists say this, that you hear them say, oh, this is bad in your chart or this is good in your chart. And I'm told that that's more of the, the fundamentalists and not necessarily people who are reading it from a holistic perspective. If they're reading your chart and they're saying, oh, this is bad, it, nothing is bad in your chart. It's going to mean maybe there is something that's going to take a little more work in your chart for you versus something that's not going to take as much work in your chart for you maybe something that comes really easy so you know that happens with our own personal life skills there's certain things that come easy to us i easily feel like i can get on a camera and talk mm -hmm. there's other people that struggle with it that doesn't mean that they are bad people you struggle with it Lacey raised her hand like people can like, see her. Yeah, me, me. I, I just, I get really awkward and giggly. Like if I feel like, even though like nobody's like staring at me when I do it, I just feel like everyone's staring at me when I do it. So I, I laugh a lot. So like even when we talk about stuff, even if it's serious, I will giggle a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, even in the one, the video that I just posted today, like I really wanted to be a jerk, but instead I just laugh. <laughs> And see, I think that's part of your brand. And so people giggle along with you and it kind of takes the edge off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I feel like even though you, you struggle with that, that is your strength, you know, like, cause I, I have the opposite. I come off extremely serious. So even when I am joking, I come off so dry that I think I'm fucking hilarious. And people are like, damn, Lola, that was mean. And I'm like, I was kidding. <laughs> like, that was a fucking joke. Uh, 
lighten up. But I mean, I know I don't really say I that. Know but I know what you're getting, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people, I it's it's difficult to read me because my humor is so dry, but yours comes off as like giggly and bubbly. We're just hanging out, we're having a good time. So I think that's part of your strength. So even <laughs> our even our weaknesses can be strengths. Absolutely. It's the same with the moon phases. Maybe there is a better time to do particular type of work. That's not to say that you have to even do the moon phases. A lot exactly. of the time, unless I, I am feeling drawn to it for whatever intuitive reason, a lot of the time I don't include mood phases, moon phases or even the days of the week when I cast a spell. I cast a spell when I am in a good place to do so, and that may not align with the, the dates or whatever that's going on. I may have to do it based on my own emotional capacity in that moment. Yes, yeah, <clears throat> and I do feel like that uh, your intuition um, has a lot to do with it. You know, I could just, I could seriously be sitting here and just be like, uh, I need to do something right right now. I need to do something right now. Like it'll just, and you can just do it. You don't have to think about the time or the day, like you said, or the phase of the moon. Or I mean, there's some people that, like I said, they work with the sun. Like it doesn't. It just depends on you. But yeah. It doesn't have to align with something in order to get this, to accomplish it, so. Absolutely. So that's just for you to hear when you go online and somebody super fear mongers to you and they're like, oh my God, this moon is really bad. Like something really bad could happen to you if you do stuff. And I'm gonna tell you how to keep yourself safe. That's a red flag. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that there might not be a better time for you to do something but telling somebody that there's a bad time, this moon is bad, don't do anything, don't do any workings. If you do any workings whatsoever, you're, it's gonna backfire. No, that bad only happens moon. if you believe it. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. bad moon rising. Yeah, it's only <laughs> it only happens if you believe it. Um, the other part of this is this, this person, and I'm not even positive that they're a witch. Yeah. And, and that's not me like talking down to them. Like you're not one of us. Um, it's not like that at all. It's if you understand the nuances of, of doing those things, then you probably wouldn't be saying that you shouldn't make moon water at a certain time mm -hmm. because you have no idea what my practice is. So maybe, yeah. and, and I, I saw somebody in your comments say that eclipses are for baneful magic. I saw that. That's, that's also another blanket statement. That's yeah. not true. Um, there's plenty of us who had never even heard of not doing certain things during certain moons that that just sounds like, well, that that's your practice. If that's exactly. how, if that's what you prefer, fantastic. But eclipses can mean all types of things and, and capturing the, the energy of that, even if you don't put your water outside, that energy is still around. So if you just put water aside, windowsill, in, yeah, in your windowsill, some on your altar, and you say, I am capturing the eclipse energy in this water, it will be done. Just like it doesn't matter if it's fucking cloudy. That does not yes. matter. I've seen so many people say, <clears throat> if, if it's cloudy, it's not gonna work. That's bullshit. <laughs> oh. I've heard people say with the whole moon water thing, now, now I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't use a whole lot of moon water. I will create, if I have to use if I am choosing to use water in my practice for a spell, whether that's to cleanse tools, 
whether that's to take a bath, whether that's to add something to a mixture, whatever. If I choose to use moon water uh, or a, a type of water, I can make my own in the instant. I don't have to wait for the moon phases to do it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is a cool moon. I feel like I want to capture that energy maybe for future spell work. But a lot of times what ends up happening is the water goes bad before I end up being able to use it. You can create your own water for your intention that is like a blessed water, which is essentially what moon water is. It's a blessed water. It's a, it's the witch's holy water. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no reason that you can't make water on the spot to fill that gap. So if you choose to work with a moon water, you don't have to worry about there, there being clouds. You don't have to worry about the sun touching it. You don't have to worry right. about any of that stuff. Like if that's, if that's your particular feeling about it, like, oh, the sun touched it, I got to start over. Okay. That's, that's up to you. For me, that's adding an extra step. I will forget that fucking moon water outside again. I will. I have ADHD out of sight, out of mind. Unless there's a timer set, that motherfucker's gonna be out there all day, probably the next day, Which three is days fine. later. I remember the fucking moon water's out there. Gotta go grab it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, and, and it's okay if that happens too. Yeah, it's totally um, fine. <laughs> there's a lot of people who are like, and I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but basically it's like, I don't know if pragmatic's the word, but they're just like, it's just this way. No, it's not. It's not just that way. There is, there's no such thing as just that way. It is, there are so many different paths. And if you listen to Slavic witches and you listen to uh, folk witches and you listen to hedge witches and you listen to, uh, you know, gray witches and you listen to baneful practitioners, death witch, whatever, they're all gonna tell you something slightly different about yeah. moon water and the, the phases of the moon and yeah. what's best to do and what's not best yeah. to do. They're all going to have a different idea of what is, is best because it's coming from their particular lens of their practice. Yep. So you take the information, you go, that makes sense to me. Or you take the information, you go, I don't really like that. And then you do what you want with it. Yes. Yeah. There's going to be similarities in every practice and there's going to be huge differences as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, the big thing is, uh, I, I'm always a huge fan of learning what people say the rules are and then making my own. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and again, I do want to say, and I always try to say this, I am not talking about established religious practices. So I'm not talking about if you belong to an ATR or you belong to hoodoo or you belong to Hinduism, they are going to have their own rules I'd based like, on yeah. their religious you know practices that have been happening for millennia i'm talking about the average practitioner who maybe got the practice from their grandma who maybe got their practice passed down to them or maybe just picked up a book i like to know what the rules are and then i like to play with the rules mm -hmm. just because i'm going to make it fit whatever makes the most sense for me what what logically in my own my own logic what seems to fit my practice best absolutely what else have you heard anything that you're just like <clears throat> no oh apparently um bay leaves <clears throat> bay leaves are now closed why so we've got bay leaves and we've got cinnamon and we've got 
<clears throat> what else? Sorry, hold on. I don't know. I just think that people come out and they're just like, what new thing can I pull out of my ass today to say it's closed and piss everybody off? <laughs> so why are they saying it's closed? I don't know. I was just, let's see. Let me see if I can find out why. So the difference between some of this stuff is for for those of you guys who are listening that maybe don't understand the whole idea of closed practices. So these are, the closed practices are established for millennia people using something in a specific way that they originated. So white sage is indigenous to the United States. So native people were using it for millennia before they even saw a light-skinned person come to town. They have been using it for so many years. They have an established way of doing it. There are specific steps that you must do to smudge. They are not telling you to not smoke cleanse. They are telling you not to smudge. And they are asking you not to use white sage, not because white sage itself is a closed practice. The use of white sage is a closed practice. And if it is over harvested and it is used incorrectly because they are the experts on white sage, they are going to tell you what can go wrong. So they are asking you not to do that, one, because they're not going to show you how to do it their way because that part is closed. And if you use it incorrectly, there are some things that could go wrong. And this is not like the moon water thing. This is like they have been using this particular medicine, this particular energy. They are the experts on it. This is different than somebody saying this moon is a this moon phase is a bad moon phase. If they had been, if their tribe had been using that moon phase and nobody else had access to that moon phase for millennia, then you listen to them. They were the only ones that had access for millennia. They understand the energy of that plant way better than anybody else on the planet. And they are asking you not to use it for a couple different reasons. Don't use it. But saying bay leaves that grow all over the world is a closed practice. An herb cannot be a closed practice. How you use the herb can be a closed practice, but the herb itself is not closed. Right. Yes. <laughs> and if I can get it at a fucking grocery store so that I can make some pot roast, it's not a fucking closed practice. No, exactly. <laughs> oh, it makes my head hurt. I think I there's think something... That- I think that people that are like, oh, I can do whatever I want. And if I grow in my own yard, then that is my own business. Yeah, well, I think you're ignorant. That's what I think. You still aren't the expert on how to use it and you go using (laughs) it incorrectly. And guess what? Bad shit might happen. Yes. I'm not going and whistling out at night, especially not in parts of the United States. Hell no. The indigenous people. have been working with that energy for a real long fucking time, I'm going to listen to them. Yeah, they, they do know what they're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. And I got to say, I haven't seen any indigenous person come on the internet and start spouting stuff that's false. I have not seen them saying that bay leaves are closed and shit like, and cinnamon's oh. closed. No, they have not been saying that stuff. Um, they are very specific about what is closed and what is not closed for their practices. Right. And then they, they always have a good reason why. It's not like they're like, we, we've just been using it a long time. No, they'll give you the exact reason on why it's closed. 
it's a specific medicine attached to this specific type of energy and you have to do this specific way of doing it because if you don't these are the specific bad things that will happen that's a whole lot more fucking logical than um baileys are closed because my people in italy have been using it for a millennium <laughs> to <Yes>. cook <laughs> No. Well, even just like with white sage. So <clears throat> I get gifted stuff and a lot of times it's white sage for one reason or another. I have no idea, but I have a couple of bundles and I reached out to Sky Waterstone and I was like, hey, <clears throat> you know, I have my, my daughter has a friend. She's starting her journey in shamanism. She's, you know, going through her grandmother. Um, they don't really have a lot. Her parents aren't really um, involved in any of it. And so that's why she's going through her grandmother. It, can I gift this to her? You know, like I have this stuff. I feel like instead of burying it, if I'm able to pass it on, you know, to them because they are indigenous and they will use it for those particular things. Um, that would be kind of cool. You know, if I could do that. Um, mm -hmm. and she was like, as long as you know where it was sourced from, because if you don't know where it was sourced or how it was sourced, it could carry negative energy from being harvested incorrectly. And, by and my people. mom had that happen. Yeah, and by the wrong people. And it very much is that way. So it's like, okay, you know what? I don't even want to risk that and I will just bury it. <laughs> yeah, my mom had that happen. Uh, she didn't tell me. They moved into their new house and she decided she was going to try to do something um, awesome and like clear the energy of the space. So she got herself a white sage bundle. She did a, a smoke cleanse on the house. And then all of a sudden things started going wrong. My brother got hurt. Some other things started going bad. And I was like, Ma, where did you get this bundle from? Because it can carry energy from the person who's packing it and sending it to you. She's like, that's what your dad said. It's like, <laughs> You're like, well, dad's right. <laughs> you better fucking undo it. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if you guys are understanding the distinction that I'm making, but uh, there's a lot of opinions that go around on the internet. And, and some of it is opinion because it, it literally is a spiritual safety thing. So when the voodoo community and some of the ATR community, African um, traditional religions say, hey, you cannot come in and, and mess with our spirits. They are very specific about who they work with. They're not telling you that because they're trying to be elitist. They are telling you that because it can be bad for them and it can be bad for you. If you are not invited by the spirits, then it could turn out very negatively for all parties involved. They're not just keeping you safe, they're keeping themselves safe as well. And as just a thank you, Michael is our very first Patreon person. Yay! And he's gonna get one of the astrological planners. So if you didn't listen to our last episode, we actually talked about the fact that we're doing a giveaway. And so the first seven people who sign up as super contributors to our Patreon page will get one of the seven planners. So you have to be one of the first, it's only $5 a month. You can obviously cancel anytime, but we will give you a free astrological planner and they're magic of eye planners. And so, you can actually head over to our Instagram if you wanted to see what they look like. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. Me too. All right. So what are some other things that you've heard online that you're just like, um, no. Oh, let's see. I've heard that your tarot cards have to be gifted to you. Yes, that's not true. 
I understand where that comes from. And maybe there's a specific reason. Maybe that was a family tradition that was passed down that became somebody's truth. Mm -hmm. But no, you do not have to have a tarot deck gifted to you in order for it to be a tarot deck that works for you. Right. Um, or that you can't hold pendulums, that you have to have a stand. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So there seems to be, and this will actually spark argument between witches on whether or not you hold a pendulum. And so I have never hung my pendulum. I have always held my pendulum, but I would not hold it if I was working with spirits. And this is going to be up to the particular practitioner. It is my belief that if you're trying to communicate with higher self, AKA your intuition, AKA your own knowledge, infinite knowledge that you carry as you, you know, you know yourself, then you would hold it because that would be transferred down. And people were like, oh, it's micro movements from you that are making it happen. Yeah, that's kind of the whole point um, is that my intuition is telling me what the answer is. And I gotta tell you when I am working with my higher self, girl is not wrong, okay? And I like to enhance it with the communication that comes through the pendulum. So I usually work with crystal pendulums because usually each for me, each crystal has its own personality. And so my higher self is communicated through that a little differently for each pendulum. That may not be the case for you. You may like a wood pendulum. You may like a, a, a resin pendulum. It might work for you however you like to work it. But just know that that's somebody's opinion. If, if you're working with spirits, my personal feeling is if I'm working with spirits, I don't want to be channeling the spirit. I don't necessarily 100% know that what I'm working with is absolutely 100% what, what I'm working with. I have a pretty good idea. Obviously, there's some tests and there's some tricks that you do beforehand, but you don't really know. Yeah. So I'm not going to be channeling it through me in order to do that just as a safety precaution. But again, some people will say, oh, don't do pendulums with spirits. That's bad juju. And I'm like, mm, I don't believe that either. Uh, you work with whatever divination tool works best for you. For me, I love pendulums. I love oracle cards. I'm, I use tarot. I'm not great at tarot. I usually end up <laughs> sending a picture to Lacey. What are you getting from this? Um, <laughs> I'm not great at it. <laughs> um, and, you know, some people love Ouija boards. I don't work with Ouija boards, but some people just, they're the number one go-to, whatever is best for you and your practice, that's what you need to work with. Yeah. And none of it has to be gifted to you. You can and go out and buy something. Yeah, and sometimes people just like to collect the things. I have Ouija boards. I don't use them very often, but I do have a lot of them, you know? She even has a so. donut Ouija board. I do. <laughs> <laughs> she does not. She no, made a joke I video one day. And it was amazing. Um, it was really good. <laughs> but now we need to make that happen. There yes. needs to be a donut Ouija board. Yes. Um, what are some other things that I've seen? Uh, yeah, and like certain kind of divining tools too, other than tarot and pendulum and stuff like that. You can use anything. People will tell you you have to use like certain things, like absolutes, you know, um, with doing stuff. And and that's not true either. You can fucking pick rocks up and write some some symbols on them and use them. And if, if they're gonna work, you know, depending on how you, you know, what you use them for. <laughs> the Rebel Magic Academy actually has a protection spell that my ancestors gave me that includes you going out and picking up a rock, just a Seriously? random rock on your property. <laughs> Swear to God. 
they gave this to me so many times. I was like, fuck, I'll write it down already. Like, Fine. stop sending it to me in a dream. I don't know what the fuck this means. <laughs> I don't know why it works, but they said, this is a protection. This is something they passed down to me. So I passed it down to my members, but it's like, it's just a simple fucking rock. Oh yeah. That's all you, you need rock and thread for this to work. That's, that's what they call for. I, I give the directions and I'm like, do with that information what you will, you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to tell the people that's an absolute, you must go out and find some random fucking rock on your property and wrap it up with cord and put it next to your front door or it's, or you're not, your house no. is not protected. Yeah. yeah. It's just not. Out of luck. <laughs> you're fucked. I don't know what you're going to do when the demons show up, but uh, you better have something in mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think the, the other thing I common, commonly see is a lot of stuff about crystals and uh, I common, commonly see is a lot of stuff about crystals and uh, one of the things that I want you guys to know that I don't do is I don't put my crystals on a charging station. I don't even put my crystals out in the moonlight. Yeah. I will cleanse them every once in a while, but only when I'm called to before I use them in something. Otherwise, they sit on a shelf, displayed. I do have a display. They sit on a shelf and they are my pretties until they have a purpose. I yes. don't, I, I don't, I, I just don't understand. Like if that's your thing and, and you, you want to make a charging station because it, it sounds fun to you. Oh man, my power went out. <laughs> Do you know how long I've been doing that waiting for you to look up? I can't see it, but she was doing the baby arms. Anyway, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, why wasn't I recording? <laughs> so what are some other things that we've that we've heard on the internet? One of the things that I see a lot, excuse me, that annoys me is um, and it's not because it annoys me because of the person doing it. It annoys me because then everybody thinks that's what you have to do. And that is smoke cleansing all of your ingredients before you use them. I don't even do that. Yeah. I don't either. I tell my ingredients what their job is, but if the jar has been sitting in my house for any length of time, it's already going to have my energy on it. Nobody else has touched it. Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's not like that particular energy is stored in it unless some random person decided, oh, a witch is going to probably have this jar and let me put my energy in it and make it locked into it. That's, it's not going to hold the energy. It's going to dissipate and it's going to start taking on your energy. So I, I personally do not understand if people think that's really how they have to do it. Now, I don't know what these people are doing in their houses when they're not making videos. Obviously, it's hard to show something being cleansed by just holding it in your hand for a video. That's, I mean, you'd have to hold it in your hand, close your eyes and I mean, it's not quite as pretty obviously, but yeah. you do not have to smoke cleanse all of your items before you use them. I would suggest smoke cleansing things when they first come into your home mm -hmm. or not even just smoke cleansing, just cleansing your items to begin yeah, with. Yeah, washing them with soap home. and water is just fine. <laughs> Perfect. You're washing exactly. it all off. Um, and I will with say your moon water, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. And I will say like, if I do a video, like I used to do, um, <clears throat> like spell jar videos and stuff like that and make them all cute. But when, if I, if I smoke cleansed the jar at all, it was 100% for aesthetics. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> Cause it's pretty. Yeah. 
The other thing that I always think about is if you're not going to, well, especially smoke cleansing and then putting like, I've seen people do it where they're making an oil that somebody's actually gonna use that's gonna have a scent to it and they're smoke cleansing the jar. If you smoke cleanse a jar beforehand and there's still the scent of smoke inside of it, it will smokeify your oils. Yes. It yeah. will it will add a smoke scent and it may not be a nice smoke scent. It may, yeah. depending on what you're using, it may be a gross campfire sour campfire smoke scent rather than a you know like a smoky like there might be a, a reason to add a smoky like there are perfumes out there that have or colognes that have a smoke scent to them yeah but like if if you're if you're and i know this because i have made uh kombucha and put soap in there and completely rinse the soap out but the soap still leaves a scent inside and then it tainted the kombucha so I I don't I always think about that. I'm like, I'm if I purchase something from somebody's shop and I'm supposed to put it on my body or I'm supposed to spray my home, I always think about that. I'm like, yeah. if I watch you, I'm probably not gonna buy that from you because I'm gonna think it's gonna have a smoke, like a campfire scent to it. Yeah. The other thing is you don't have to use jars. I understand that people love jars. I love jars to store things, but I don't use a lot of jars in my spell work. And the reason is because my spell is doesn't need to be contained within something you know what i mean right if, if it's a if it's a jar you're going to keep using like if it's a jar to boost your vibe if it's a jar to help with money manifestation if it's a jar that you'll keep forever and ever and ever and you're going to go back to it you're going to charge it with energy you're going to shake it you're going to do your thing with it perfect but even protection spells do not have to be in jars to go outside your home that's a waste and it's also potentially negative for the environment. And I always see these little tiny spell jars being made. And I'm like, well, what if that spell manifests? What do you do with the jar after? Do you keep it on your shelf as an aesthetic or are you tossing it? Are you recycling it? Because that's another thing that nobody talks about. You can recycle your jars. Oh yeah. Once the spell has manifested itself, you can thank the ingredients for their job. You can dispose of them however you'd like. I would not recommend burying it if there's some type of salt or something else that could potentially be harmful to the the green stuff outside plants i think that's what that's <laughs> called plants green stuff um that was adhd you know the things that cut yeah i mean you scissors. Know. yes those <laughs> i could describe everything about it but the word um yeah so so you can you can reuse your jars and that's i don't like yep. i said i don't think that's something you hear a lot of practitioners talking about well, there was something we were, oh, we were talking about love spells being love curses. That's yes, one of the yeah. things you were talking about the other day is essentially if you're doing magic against somebody's will to control them, you're basically cursing them. Yes, absolutely. And nobody, nobody says anything about that, that love spells are, are curses. <laughs> I think that it's absolutely okay to use aesthetics in your craft. If you're going to show it online, just like, um, like I said, I use it for, um, the smoke cleansing the jars for aesthetic purposes. I mean, you could say stuff if you want to, like you don't have to do this. And I usually do say stuff, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing things aesthetically. It's 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 your practice and nobody else's. And there are just so many people that get so bent out of shape about the aesthetic portion of it. And it's like, sorry, you know what, bitch? I have been doing this for over 20 years. I'm gonna fucking do what I want. <laughs> Well, the other thing I think people have to keep in mind is, and I always want to comment to those people who are like, you're just doing it for the aesthetics. Okay, is your house decorated? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you dress a certain way? Why do you do that? Oh, yeah. Because it's an expression of my creativity or because it's an expression of my personality or because it puts me in the right mood. Yeah. Well, it's an expression of my craft. Yeah. That's, that's the exact same reason that you would do aesthetics in your spell work. It puts you in a particular mood. It puts you yes. in a particular state. But my, my issue comes when it's no different than, the, I think it's the same thing as airbrushing. I personally was one of the people who was targeted by airbrushing and could not see it. I literally could look at a picture and I thought that's how the human body was supposed to look. And now as a 40 year old woman who has gotten over, I would say 70% of my body dysmorphia, I still have some body dysmorphia, but 70% of my body dysmorphia, I can now look at a picture and tell you what is what is airbrushed and unnatural yes. and what is not. And I can see where the airbrushing is now. But when I was younger, I it was literally blind to me. And so I think it's just um, important for, for practitioners to know, especially those who haven't been doing it very long, they're seeing people on the internet do it and they're thinking that's what it's supposed to look like in real life. And yeah. it doesn't have to. But if that makes you feel good, by all means. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people are just aesthetic ass people. I'm one of them. You're one of them. We're very, we are very aesthetic in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, there are people that aren't, that are comfortable and in a t-shirt and jeans and, you know, grabbing a handful of dirt and using that for something. And that's completely fine as well. It's all depending on each individual personality and, and person. Hell, I'll wear a ball gown and stick my hands in dirt. I just don't let anybody tell you how to practice your own practice unless, you know, of course, again, close practices. We don't want it. We don't want to, we don't want to teeter on that line. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're putting that boundary out there. We're making yeah, it very yeah. clear. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. If there's going to be any kind of a wall, that's where the wall is going to be built. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just, um, I, I just don't, like you were saying earlier, I don't like the absolutes. I don't like when somebody says you can't use rosemary as a substitution. I don't like when they're like, you can't use this specific, specific color for a spell. Mm -hmm. I don't like when they say you have to have, you have to bathe before a spell. You have to do this before a spell. No, you don't. No. No, you don't. Divination has to look this way. No, it doesn't. It's especially if you're neurodivergent. I mean, I made that video about that and I was like, I'm a neurodivergent. I have ADHD. I have to do my spell work when I feel the, the momentum to do my spell work because I have executive function issues. If I plan it three weeks from now, by the time the three weeks shows up, the moon is perfect, the date is perfect, the time of day is perfect, the wind is blowing the right way, it's the right <laughs> season, the temperature's great outside, it, I'm probably not gonna be in the headspace to do it. I will literally not be, I will drag myself around the house and be like, I gotta do it. And, and I will completely not be able, it will never be accomplished. Yes. Um, and the same thing with my, with communicating with my deities and, and my spirits. Yeah. What was that look? Can you hear the wind at all? Uh-uh. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. And also, you know, I think that a lot of people think that you have to constantly be doing spell work, like all the time. You always have to do it. I can, I can tell you, honestly, I haven't performed spell work in months. You don't, you don't have to do it all the freaking time. Like I'll do like the little daily like things, you know, the little ritualistic things that we just do on the daily, but like doing actual hardcore full out spell work, it doesn't have to be done all the time, you know? 
So I, I call that mundane magic. And I yeah. would say 90% of my practice is mundane magic. Absolutely. It's magic in my cooking. It's, it's magic when I go outside. It's magic when I work with, you know, coming into my office on a daily basis and grabbing my cards and speaking to my ancestors and lighting incense and getting doing all ready. kinds of stuff like that, <laughs> getting ready. Yeah. All of that stuff. I do mundane magic all day, every yes. day, but it's not, it's not a, a full on ritual. It's not a ceremony. It's not at least for us. Spell. Can you imagine mm -hmm. how exhausting that would be? Like, <laughs> well, I hear practitioners say that they, they have been told that they have to do that. And there are some people who suggest so that you get the hang of doing spell work. But again, that is good for that practitioner. They are suggesting it based on their own personal preference and their own way, their own brain works. I would have, if somebody had told me that in the very beginning, I would have never come back to witchcraft. Oh yeah. I would have left it and never come back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, because it, it would have been overwhelming. And I was like, I guess, I guess I'm not cut out to be a witch because I can't do this shit, you know? Yeah. Well, and a lot of people come to the, you know, to practice because their life is already overwhelming and they're trying to find ways to like deal with it. And can you imagine being completely overwhelmed by everything in your daily life, coming into a practice that's like even more overwhelming and nobody would do it. No one would ever do it. Yeah, exactly. So. It would be, it would be so intense and so overwhelming that you'd be like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. You'd have absolutely no time for yourself. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a no one. Uh, yeah. Um, tattoos, uh, magical tattoos. Do you believe that getting a rune tattooed on yourself is going to bind that to you for the rest of your life and you have to have it cut off to end it? Have you heard that? No. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I think there's some truth to that. That's why I usually suggest that people do not get random sigils off the internet and start tattooing yes. on them, their body. I've heard horror stories of people getting ones and not knowing what they were doing with it. And essentially what you're doing is you're incorporating blood magic, which is the highest form of magic, especially binding magic. Yes. In something you don't understand. Um, but if you understand what you're doing, like why would you want that rune to stop working? Exactly. Yeah. So, so why would you need to get cut it off? Like. I don't understand. I, I, yeah. I guess I'm not understanding the full logic of why somebody would say that. Yeah, no. Um, and it's kind of been going around with, uh, you know, among the community on, on social media, but, um, even to the point where they're trying to say that you shouldn't be tattooing any, any symbols on yourself that have to do with, um, symbology, which I think is bullshit. In fact, my whole entire body, I plan on having covered. So <laughs> So then don't put a star on you because a star is a symbol. Like apparently, oh, yeah, look, so I'm again, that's, I'm in trouble. Look, got like three, there you four. go. Stars. <laughs> I have stars on my, I have stars and swirls on my ankles. Yeah. Uh, I have words on the side of my body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I honestly don't understand when people say stuff like that, especially since, and let me, let me just explain this to you. So if you guys ever see me in a video and I have my hands in the video, you should pay attention to my left hand. I have a tattooed ring on my left hand. And I will tell you that my husband and I got that as a, a like a real thing, but also a joke. So the story behind my tattoo is that my husband and I 
were dating. I had my engagement ring and I was a bartender and I have very sensitive skin. So I would be working behind the bar and there's a solution that you use when you're washing the glasses. There's like a three sink solution that you have to go through to sanitize each glass. Yep. Before you go and put it back, it dries and then you put it back out for people to use. And the sanitizer dries off of it and evaporates. And obviously the person is not drinking it, but when it's wet, it's potent. And so it would create what people call bar rot. And essentially what was happening is from the base of my ring finger all the way up to the first knuckle. So just below my um, fingernail had started to peel and rot because it was having a chemical reaction with my engagement ring. So I stopped wearing my engagement ring to the bar and guys would occasionally, you know, hit on me and I would go, I'm engaged. And they would go, yeah, sure. And it was always like, no, really. And so I had a conversation with my husband about it. And he was like, that's a little old. That is what a, a, you know, fake, like they think that they need to try harder than obviously predator mentality. This is a while back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we had a whole conversation about it. And so then it became a joke every time he would say, I love you. We were, we used to do the, I love you more. And every time he would say, I love you more, I'd say, oh yeah, I love you more. I'm going to get my ring tattooed on me. Then nobody can ever question that we're together. <laughs> and then it, and then it turned into, it wasn't even about the bar thing anymore. It just became, I love you more. No, I love you more. I'm going to get a tattoo. And so I literally went in to get the tattoo and my husband didn't tell me and he got the same tattoo on his finger. So we, we have our wedding bands tattooed on our fingers, which is why you will probably never see me wear a wedding ring i own beautiful wedding rings i just i have uh swelling that happens in my fingers due to my fibromyalgia so they're a little bit uncomfortable for me to wear uh so i don't normally wear them so but you will see my tattoo a finger on my or my tattoo band on my finger and i can tell you that there have been times where my husband and I have had problems in our relationship and I have seriously thought about divorce and I have looked down at that finger and I'm like, do I want to go through the process of removing that? (laughs) I guess I'll give it one more try. I guess. (laughs) So I think that there's like, we've literally bound ourselves to this marriage, which works out for us because I am very lucky. I I have a, a wonderful husband, obviously, you know, we're, relationships take work but i can tell you that my tattoo on my finger has done something for my relationship so there is something to tattoos potentially having some type of you know meaning behind them but we got them as a symbol of our marriage this is different than i really love tigers and so i'm going to get a tiger tattooed on me and now i'm going to have a tiger bound to me forever yes no (laughs) that's not the same thing (laughs) i love roses now all of a sudden i'm bound to roses forever i just keep running into rose bushes i don't understand (laughs) why i don't understand my car car just veered into a rose bush i don't understand (laughs) that's a fucking tattoo (laughs) but i i do have clients who have who have commissioned sigil tattoos Mm -hmm. from me and then gotten them tattooed on their body we have a discussion beforehand about if you do not want this to work anymore the process that they would go through and it's not cutting it off their body yeah it's taking the symbol and it's removing the intent from it and then it just becomes a symbol on the body yeah it's not and i think that's the other thing it's like you come up with these long drawn out things now you have to cut the tattoo off (laughs) and you don't understand how sigils work yep yep you don't understand how symbols work. You, right. you don't understand that you can actually remove the meaning from the symbol without having to destroy the symbol. Absolutely. Yep. Very good. <laughs> <laughs>
So this is not necessarily something that we're going to debunk. Um, it's not a debunking, it's a red flag warning. Yes. If you see anybody who says, I didn't use hashtags because I wanted to make sure that this got to the right people. If this is on your for you page, it's meant for you. Uh, that's what the fucking algorithm is for. It knows what type of content you normally make. It's going to put it in front of the people who would like that content because the ar the algorithm already has you tagged. Yes. Yep. Um, and the those who view this picture and say claim will have money come to them in the next 24 hours, those annoy the living shit out of me. And I've actually, I do my um, critiquing spells I found on the internet series. And there have been so many times where I've almost grabbed those because witches do it too, not just the spiritual community, witches do it too, where it's like, say so mode it be to claim this spell. Okay, uh, if you're going to call it a spell, it does take a little bit more work than that. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to call it an affirmation, I might believe you, but then why? Why the so mode it be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. So if you see those, just, just be wary of them. Like, there's nothing wrong with a message being for you. If it resonates for you and you feel like your guides were like, yeah, this is for you, then and it applies to you by all means. But if it's just like claim this energy da, 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 by by saying yes, they're doing that for clicks and views. They're not oh, doing it's, it. It's it's spiritual clickbait. It's spiritual clickbait. Yeah. And and there was for a long time and and actually um Facebook made it so that your post won't even get seen when you do that. There used to be a whole lot back in the day where people would do that and on Facebook posts about um, if if it's a if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And comment down below with an emoji to tell me yeah. you agree or a heart emoji or whatever. And then for a while there was some that was like. They, they oh. did it on TikTok when we first started yeah. as well. That was like purple heart if you think yes, blue heart if you think no, green heart if you like this, red heart. And it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite You're ones are the ones are if you if you keep scrolling, then, then you don't love Jesus. <laughs> they have spiritual ones like that too. Yes. Where uh, if you if you don't like this video, then Satan is definitely coming after you tonight. Just so you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I saw a live the other day, and it was really hard for me not to comment. Satan loves you, and so I just decided for the heck of it that I would go and click on the live just to see what was being said. And people were already doing it. I was like, I don't even need to add to the conversation. Not Thank my you people. for my people. Bye. <laughs> Hey, bestie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've I always am like that. I'm like, why don't we, why don't we do the same thing? All them. Try, yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you see drama, quickly scroll, and you will no longer see drama. Your little section of TikTok will be drama free. You can go on a drama diet and put it out of your life. You'll be good to go. Um, so you got the algorithm and then you're doing it to yourself. Those yeah. two things are working together. I do think that social media all on its own has its own egregore. So yeah. everybody, everybody has talked about um, 
Do you think that Facebook has an agorist, Lacey? I, I, I do. I think um, Tumblr is the worst. Oh, Tumblr? Okay. I, I've never, I've gone to Tumblr every once in a while when I'm looking for something on Pinterest, it'll end up being a Tumblr picture. Yeah, that that's what TikTok is right now. Tim, TikTok is like Tumblr 2.0. Absolutely. <laughs> and I don't know what that means. Honestly, I have no point of reference, but I mean, it doesn't Anybody sound listening right. that does know what it means, they're going to agree. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, if something irritates you and you want to make a video about it to correct information, okay, that is not drama. That's not yeah. the same thing. It's correcting um, misinformation. Yeah. It's, it's, this is, this is my platform. This is my belief. I'm going to correct information that I'm seeing out there so that my followers and the people that I interact with will understand if they're seeing this, that I, that I disagree and I'm correcting it. Yep. That's not, that's not the same thing as in my opinion, that's discourse. That is not drama. Um, and I think that people are quick to tag things as drama. The doxing yeah. shit was drama. The, the back and forth, I'm going to hex you. This is good. That's drama. Yes. But somebody saying, no, I don't agree with you. This is, this is, you know, my belief over here for people who might be interested yes. in it that's not drama healthy discussion yeah even if you're annoyed you can still yeah. there can still be a discussion just because i present it in a way that i'm annoyed does not mean and i feel like i feel like there is a little bit of sexism as well oh yeah i i definitely think that a guy which can say something a certain way and get get away with it and I don't mean get away with it like they're trying to pull something off. Yeah. You know, I, I mean that they the delivery will be accepted a different way than if a female does it. In the exact same way. In the exact same way. Yeah. Now, there is the opposite sexism. I think that people do look down on male witches, mm -hmm. and, you know, don't believe that male witches can exist. Or, Which is or, crazy because there's some phenomenal ones. Some of the most famous yeah. witches are freaking male. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But anyway... Um, so yeah, I, I just, I do think that there's a little bit of a disconnect on who's delivering the message as well on whether or not it's, it's clocked as drama, but the drama is created by us. If you tag it drama and you make a big deal out of it, and there's a difference between disagreeing with it and making a big deal out of it, if you continue to watch it and that's all that's coming into your feed, you're feeding it. But what would you say, um, do you think that Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok all have their own separate egregore? Do you think it's the same one? I think it's separate. I agree. Yep. Do you think they have different personalities? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and that's when, when people are like, oh, I don't like to go on Facebook because this is what happens when I go on Facebook. I think that's the egregore. Yeah. I think they're sensing the personality of the egregore that was created. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I think when, when people start to go sour on an app, I think that's the same thing. I think it's, you were introduced to the egregore and you need to just, oh. So if, if you need to, you need to put up the boundaries. So I, to change up my algorithm, to change up my feed, not because I don't like the people, 
personally, but because their content was creating the algorithm to be not what I wanted to see in my feed. And I have been using the, the block button and the uninterested button like crazy so that I can create and curate an experience that I want on the app. And I forget, and I, I don't forget, I think people forget that they are allowed to do that. You are allowed to curate the experience you want on the app. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I uh, overuse my block and not interested button on TikTok. You overuse it? You believe oh. it's an overuse? No, I, I personally do overuse it. Like I, I am so sick and tired of seeing so many things that I will just, instead of just having to see it, I'll block it. I'll block people. If I, if something comes on my for you page or whatever, and I don't want to see it, I will definitely click not interested so that it will stop showing me that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I block people that I don't even know. If you make a yeah. comment on somebody's video, this could be completely un unrelated to the witch portion of, of TikTok. If I see a video come in my feed and I immediately go to the comments and your comment is shitty enough, I will block you Oh yeah. without ever watching any of your videos or any of that stuff. To prevent any future happenings like that on your page or ever seeing it again. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, you're a, you're a sexist piece of shit, block. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, you're a predator, uh, block. Oh, block. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is, is that you curate the experience. Yeah. So even if you, even if we're talking about this stuff and you're like, I don't necessarily agree with everything that you're saying, if you take one thing away from this, curate your experience. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that every, I think more people should block and, and scroll. <laughs> yeah, the block button is powerful. It's my, it's my friend. <laughs> it should be called the boundary button. It should be called the boundary button. Not the block button. This is my boundary button. This is my boundary. I am laying down my boundary. You are no longer welcome in my yes. space. Yes. My head space, my online space, my physical space. Do not cross this line. You shall not the, pass. It's the ward button. <laughs> the ward button. Yeah. I'm maybe, warding my space against you. Maybe if we start calling it that, you know, cause like we'll both do videos and we're like, just block and move on. We'll just start calling it the ward button. Just press the ward button and move on. <laughs> that's and why they I'm, don't use it. It's not I'm warding my online. Exp yeah. It's not in their own vernacular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to say well, it. What do you think? You think that's good? Yeah, I think we could probably good. do another one of these at some point. We'll probably yeah. have some more. We can make a list for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we're happy to be back for season four. And as always, we will post this to our Instagram and our TikTok page. And if you have any questions, please let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover. We'd love to hear it. We are always open for, um, for conversation. We are always open for suggestions. And is there anything else that you want to say? No, we're also open for conversation. Yeah, we are open for conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to us. It's cool. Yes. <laughs> All right, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.
All right, witches and witchlings, that does it for another episode of The Witches Grim. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with family and friends or head on over to whichever platform you're listening on and leave us a five-star review. We post new content every Friday. If you'd like to stay up to date or engage with us, you can head on over to our Instagram or our Facebook or leave an audio comment on our Anchor app where we might feature you in a future episode. And if you'd like to further support this channel, head on over to Patreon at Patreon slash The Witches Grim. Until next time, witches and witchlings, keep making magic.